Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers by teachers and all with a dash of educational technology thrown in. And hold the phone, stop the broadcast. This is no ordinary edition of the Virtual Staff Room. This is our EduTech Special Edition and this is day two. My name is Joachim Cohen, your host and the School's Technology Innovation Lead with the Technology for Learning team here at the New South Wales Department of Education. And I'm so excited today to be joined by two members of a Technology for Learning team, Yvette and Linda, to talk all things EduTech. Yvette is an acclaimed author of the Ella and Olivia and Puppy Diary books. But did you know she's also an English teacher and yes, very certified for EduTech. She's a Google certified innovator. But it is something else that has caught Yvette's eye at the moment. You're becoming a bit of a Minecraft guru, I hear. Have you caught the bug? I've caught the bug. My brain's at overload. EduTech mad. And Minecraft on top of everything else, I'm getting creative, but thinking about real world applications, gosh, Minecraft, I feel like I'm very late to this party, but gosh, it's cool. My gosh, you can't go to EduTech for real, but you could build it in Minecraft. Oh, don't give me these challenges now, Joe. Too much. How, How are you doing? I am amazing and I'm excited. We've got Linda in the house today too. So Linda is the PEO of the STEM.TVRL program, empowering schools across the state. And Linda, I think you and your whole STEM.TVRL team have been very busy this EduTech with some awesome deep dive workshops as well as inspiration sessions, empowering everyone to STEM it up in the classroom. Absolutely. They have, there are so many courses we're running on the use of our kits, but you can use them even if you don't have one of our kits, use it for the equipment you have in your school. All inspiration aplenty. That sounds great. So what's in store? Well, as we said, this is no regular edition of our podcast. We honour a professional learning overdrive and all wrapped up in EduTech fever. It's Australia's largest educational technology conference and it's gone digital in 2020. So first of all, what we're going to do is we're going to chat everything that's caught our eye in this day too. We are a bit exhausted, but we're going to do it. And then we're going to get on to our main event when we get the chance to talk to a true education change maker. The one, the only, Professor Pazi Salberg, as we unpack 2020 and look towards a new future for education. And don't forget, this is our second EduTech special. So make sure you go and listen to our wrap up of day one and check out all the details on our podcast page. And I know there's lots of you out here going, what, I missed EduTech Digital? No way, you didn't miss EduTech Digital because it's all available on demand and there's still, still, still plenty of time to sign up for passes all throughout 2020. So make sure you duck into the show notes, click on the link because there's 10 free tickets accessible by every New South Wales public school. Exciting. So team, are we ready to dive in? Let's do it. Okay. Now, Professor Parsi is almost ready to enter the building. But before we do, Yvette and Linda, what sessions did you manage to attend today and what opened your eyes? Well, one of the sessions that I managed to get to was a session ran by Greg and Amy from T4L on the why, what and how setting up and transforming your school with technology. And it's more for me that I thought, what a great time of year to start looking at this and planning out, you know, what devices you might need. Greg did a great piece on, you know, your screens and what you might be looking for to purchase and also what kind of educational pedagogy that links into. So I think um, I would really recommend people go back and have a look at that. It talks through what you should be aiming to set up to ensure your teachers are, you know, utilised to build the capacity of all the great things they learn about at EduTech as well. Is suited to principals, exec staff, or is it one for everyone? Oh, I think it's one for everyone, but I 
definitely if your principal is an exec and if you're a classroom teacher who watches it, you might just need to go and give your executive a bit of a nudge and, mm-hmm. and share with them what you've learned and maybe you can convince them to change some of their plans. I know we get so many questions through our T4L Innovations email inbox where teachers are always asking, oh, which devices do I go for? You know, which screen should I think about purchasing? And I really love, as you were pointing out, how this session goes back to not consider the technology first, but look at how teaching occurs. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the critical piece to school planning is think about what do you want learning to look like? And then that will guide your device purchasing. And it's great to see conferences like EduTech that are going away from just being all about the products and actually focusing on the learning. And I know I'm looking through the schedule and seeing just about every technology provider is focusing on the learning outcomes first instead of looking at product. And even when you used to go to it physically, they had classrooms set up, kids running through. It was fabulous to see that change. It's technology for learning, not technology anymore. Absolutely. Yvette, what did you get to? Uh, Look, you know, I always wear my English hat. In fact, I never take it off. Um, The Stage 6 team did a a session today on leveraging technology with recursive writing, which is a really particular skill. Um, But I think they unpacked quite well how you can utilise tech and certain platforms and tools to support recursive writing. Um, I think this is a really, really... (laughs) tough thing to, to cover, but I really encourage you, if you really want to develop those skills with the students, the, the team have unpacked it really beautifully. Um, and I also just want to say, I also watched the 3D print at the power of tangibility and design in the classroom. So two quite different sessions, um, but gosh, the 3D printing is good to see that the amazing uses and what's, what's possible in either, you know, a small amount of time or a longer, a longer unit of work. And, you know, whether you've what kind, with what kind of printer you may have in your school or if you're thinking about getting one. So, yeah, that was a really great session. And it wasn't just 3D print, was it? It's 3D design. Yeah, looking at all those 3D design tools, which really is a 2D flat, I was going to say flat earther, but no, I retract that. I'm so not that person, but I, I am a 2D person. Being a writer and, and you know, really I, I think it's really amazing to see that 2D element of design, if you're getting the students to draw something and really the power of using a program to bring it to life, you know, in 3D and then print it. I mean, wow. And this, I think, has got a lot of links. I actually don't know what recursive writing is, so that's why I went like that before I'm going, I wonder what recursive writing is. Yvette, can you tell me what on earth recursive I writing is? I absolutely <laughs> know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, no worries. That's Too actually hard. our homework, to be honest. <laughs> Let's all go and figure you. it out. Oh, my God, watch the session, people. Yeah. Absolutely. Watch the team because, really, um, this is – it's, I'm really pleased to see the English team and not just the English team, the curriculum areas really responding to these challenges by using um, the tools out there. And, you know, particularly with the way the HSC is going, I think it'll be really interesting to even see how those papers go because they've just, you know, recently sat their first two papers. So, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be plenty to unpack. We may have to. Joe, what what session did you get to? What session did I get to? Well, I had a great deal of fun. I went to another one of of the New South Wales Department of Education sessions run by Mona on another team. And it was called, really excitingly, Privacy and Terms of Service, What and Why. Now, I know you're both about to fall asleep listening to that, but I loved it. It was so exciting. I learned so much about why for every single teacher and every single student, they need to be considering about which services they're actually signing up to and what kind of data they're actually giving away. And that's what it went through. And I think, look, this will be a really good one. I think I will have to watch it. Maybe it will as well. I think I do. But it's about, Mm. I think for a long time, it's easy just to kind of cover your eyes and block your ears and go, this is all too hectic. But um, 
I'm going to jump onto that and have a look well, at it. Well, increasingly we just have this expectation, well, on our students to have read the fine print and to understand what they're entering into and, gosh, I can't, can't think but of any also, students that read it. It's also not enough for mm. us to read it for them. We yes. need to walk through yes, it with them. exactly. Mm. And, you know, with all the platforms that they're on, they really need to understand what they're sending out into the world and also, also what can be tracked because we were just having this chat too in our office about who's watching, who's listening, and you know, the students, this is a part of their life. They've never had to have that that I suppose lens on their discussions, their chats, their online input. Uh, so yeah, bigger questions, because if you're just growing up with a part of that as your world, um, you may not have that discerning eye. I accept. Do you accept? I think we have to get people questioning that when they click on that button. And I think that's one of my big things for 2021 is to really make people consider that. So really good fun. I recommend everyone goes and and takes a look at that one. Now, it is the moment you've all been waiting for. I think we are set to be joined by a renowned expert in education. Not only is he the Deputy Director Research at the Gonski Institute for Education at the University of New South Wales, but also he is acclaimed author and a school teacher. Woohoo! A teacher educator, a researcher and a policy advisor who has studied education systems, analysed education policies and advised education reforms around the world. And now he's getting to add the virtual staff room to his CV. Surely it's going to be a highlight. Today, we are not only going to have a chat through um, everything that he's been up to, but we're going to jump on board the roller coaster. Every one of you out there has been on and that roller coaster is 2020. What have we learned and where are we going? Professor Parsi Salberg, we are so very honoured and very lucky to have you join us today. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's, It's my pleasure, really. Good to be with you. Now, like you, we have been busy edutaking today, but we have all bookmarked to watch your amazing presentation, Australia in the Light of International Education Numbers on Demand. But how has your edutech experience been so far? Well, you know, it's been really, really uh, interesting. This is amazing, amazing opportunity, particularly in a, in a time like this when uh, when there's so much online learning and teaching behind you know, sit back and relax a little bit with these uh, these issues related to teaching and learning, and, and particularly how the technology can um, and and should help us all. So it's been great, really. Thank you. And Pazi, can I ask you just to give our listeners a bit of a wrap up on what you do each day and how you influence the future of education in um, New South Wales public schools? Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I, I work as a as a researcher professor. Uh, of education um, at the Konsky Institute, uh, that is the UNSW's uh, little place for us to work on things like um, uh, equity in education. Uh, I run a big project here called Growing Up Digital Australia that is looking at how the technology is uh, having an impact on young people um, here. And I, I also um, uh, work on play. That is my one of my favorite themes. So, you know, my time really goes uh, on, you know, reading and writing. And, and then I visit a lot of schools as much as I can during uh, during these difficult, difficult times. But I, I particularly work with the, um, uh, the neighborhood public school that is a Kensington public school, beautiful, small community um, uh, school here. So I work with the with the teachers and the leadership group there and the kids and parents as well, trying to uh, trying to really create conversations about these all these uh, three issues: the equity, um, 
digital technologies and young people and parents as well and um, and play in children's lives. So it's, it's a good fun. Fantastic. It's Yvette here, Pazi. Uh, 2020 has been a, a huge year for everyone and particularly for education. Uh, in terms of, you know, your your session uh, looking at numbers, empirically, how have you seen education change over the course of the year? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great question. Of course, you know, m- many of these things we we still don't know. It's too early to to say how the year has gone and uh, how the how the pandemic and uh, school closures have uh, affected teaching teaching and learning but obviously uh, you know many things has changed you know nobody one year ago nobody would uh, even in in their wild dreams to <laughs> be able to uh, you know imagine that that today where we are today that you know many of the kids have been learning from uh, from home so so long and in, in victoria for example uh, it's it's been just uh, mind blowing to um, to try to imagine, you know, how how uh, how this disruption has actually uh, affected uh, schooling. So, you know, and and in one level, we can say that uh, many things have changed. You know, you know, all this uh, uh, idea of what the school is and what teaching and learning look like. But then, on the other hand, you know, it's interesting when anybody is digging a little bit deeper taking a look at you know what the kids have actually done when they have not been in school and now when when the schools have reopened it's, you know it's a pretty much just kind of a similar type of thing they still study the same subjects and and often even the, if uh, when they were learning from home that they studied in the same way using textbooks and and digital materials and other things that you know there's also room for this type of argument that the you know the, the basic grammar of the school uh, that some people call it has not changed that much maybe it's because you know all this happened so quickly that we didn't have time to uh, really get ready for this um but you know we 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 couldn't now when we are getting uh, hopefully getting um uh, you know moving out of this pandemic that you know th- this is the this is the kind of a battle and debate that we're going to have that how much of this how much of this kind of old grammar of schooling uh, teaching and learning and content and curriculum that we have used to associate to school should remain and what are these new things that we have learned and practiced during the pandemic uh, blended learning and uh, you know more self-directed um, students uh, you know doing things uh, driven by their own motivation from home so um, it's too late to say exactly what's going to happen but it's, it's going to be interesting uh, coming uh, year or two now when the conversation really kicks off. Uh, and I, I think that, you, you know, parents will have a big role to play in this that they haven't necessarily uh, had before. Now, when, when they have this experience of, you know, seeing uh, seeing uh, their children learning and studying, struggling often at home. And, um, and you know, what the, the many, many parents also have realized how, how difficult actually the work of the teacher is. <laughs> recognizing that role of the teacher too, understanding it a little bit you know, in different ways, I guess. So much more informed too, you're right, being able to actually have a, a much more informed way of participating in, in school decision-making. Really interesting insight there. And I guess listening to what you're saying there too, Parsi, uh, are there some things you've seen that you think schools should consider keeping? And is there now, do we have this chance of having a new educational nirvana in 2021 as a result of that? Yeah, probably there there will be a, a nirvana or how, however you want to call it. But you know, I think the one one thing that at least you know we have two children uh, in my family and they have they have missed the school and and they have missed a lot of uh, uh, 
kind of a teachers teachers face to face teaching. I think not only not only through my own own children, but I, I think that what we what we need to um, what we need to keep in schooling more than we probably knew before the pandemic is this uh, relationship based interaction of human human beings. I think that's the that's that's something that most uh, young people and adults as well uh, have been missing. You know, meeting the the real person and you know uh, talking about having a conversation about things that we should be learning in the school. That's uh, certainly something that we should. Um, in the future, make sure that all the children have access to uh, a real teacher. They have access to their friends and peers, not only because of the kind of a social and emotional well-being, but also uh, for the sake of uh, you know deeper learning, so that they can they can associate what they learn into to, to other human beings. I think you know this uh, 2021 uh, Nirvana. I think it, it's actually it's going to come from the uh, from the fact actually what we are doing here right now that we we don't we cannot have these conversations um in the conference halls and and meeting rooms i think many teachers will be missing uh these uh these opportunities that they ha used to have with the edutech before where you, where you go to a uh uh huge convention center and and you have all these conversations there and uh, then you go and have a have a drink with your mates and um big, big deeper in these issues, you know, that's what the learning is all about. And I think, um, I think certainly we, we will have a much, much more informed and educated understanding about the role and opportunities that the technology can provide us in, uh, in teaching and learning in schools and also running conferences like this. But I, I think this Nirvana, if it, if, if it ever comes in any form, it's going to be this, uh, celebration of uh, you know people getting to the same space and same bar and uh, um, same table and, and having these uh, conversations that are uh, in the end of the day you know they are the most important things this relation human relationships so I, I hope that this nirvana will come and I hope that it will be like I've been explaining here to you know celebrate this fact that we can we can finally get together face to face and uh, and, and try to reconnect ourselves to human beings. Absolutely. Oh, what an insight, hey? We've all, I think we've all been feeling it here in the room about the fact that for a little while we could all do it. We can all do digital, but at the same time, yeah, I think we'll value those connections so much more and actually turn off our devices and connect with people um, to, to make those, you know, amazing things happen. Um, That's so. right. And you can't help but think we're, we're okay here in Australia for the moment and you start to put yourself in the other shoes of those around the world and you think, oh, what are the impacts going to be there for them longer term? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know, just think about our sisters and brothers in Victoria. How yeah, this is true. The no, situation true. they have had, and I, I'm, I'm sure that there are many listeners who uh, actually tune into this conference from Victoria, and I just can't imagine uh, the the difficulties and pain that people, teachers and children, have had there. So, um, of course, you know, Europe and the United States is is another thing, but we have uh, we have those folks very near here who have had a very different uh, reality that we have. Mm, we forget how very fortunate we've been so far. So just to lighten it up a little bit, Parsi, we um, have pulled some words out and we just like your insights on, on where you think we're at educationally. So things like blended learning, where, where, what can you share about blended learning with our listeners? Uh, I, I, I would say that it's, um, it's going to be new normal and it's something that we will be learning um, 
within the next uh, coming years. And I'm also sure that there will be a new, we, we're going to have a new insight into blended learning. I know that there have been some people who don't want to even think about the word. Uh, and then there have been many people who have been really excited about the blended learning thing. But I think, I think that now, after this experience, that we're going to find this golden middle road uh, and find the best out of this, uh, uh, this opportunity to uh, you know, blend uh, different learning and teaching devices into the work that we do in schools. Mm, thanks, Parsi. Second idea is independent, independent learning. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I think in, in independent learning, I, I'm more and more thinking about uh, self-regulated learning or self-directed learning. This is really what the independence is. You know, independence should not mean that, you know, kids can do whatever they want to do or they can learn whatever they want to do. But independence means that you are able to direct and take control of your own learning uh, yourself independently from the authority, for example. And I think that this uh, this this is one of the, one of those um, one of my top uh, top guesses is actually this self directedness that will come out of this experience when we move a little bit further. That uh, you know those those schools first of all who have learned to be more self directed and not necessarily just autonomous, but you know take the charge of their own improvement and and directions that they. Uh, they they come out uh, and through this pandemic uh, uh, in a kind of a smooth smoother and uh, easier way than the others. But then you know at the level of the the children who um, uh, who are supposed to learn um, during these difficult times that you know self directedness you know those those children who uh, who have learned and who have been taught in school before the pandemic to. Um, you know, learn independently and, and take a control and charge of their own own study and their own learning, and uh, not only to learn but also to you know, evaluate and assess what they have learned. Uh, they will do much better. So it's a, it's a, it's a very important uh, outcome of this thing. Yeah, it's not easy, is it? I remember trying you know initiatives like that back in my classroom and how the students tend to dislike it because it's not the normal way that they're used to, and you're really challenging them. Um, and it takes time, as you're saying, for them to learn how to do it. Oh, gee, making me think. And, and I've got another one to throw at you, and it's flipped, flipped learning. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, when anybody says flipped, I, I tend to think about the flipped system, um, which is, is like a probably like an upper level or, or meta level of the flipped system. Uh, Flip learning, flipped system. Flipping the system means that we we kind of turn the education system upside down, and this is extremely important here in Australia because the the education systems, basically all of them, all different systems here in Australia, compared to, for example, Finland or some other places, are much more kind of a top heavy uh, where where the schools are administrated and led, and uh, the systems uh, are are reformed much more from the kind of a heavy hand from the top. But this flipped system is giving more value and uh, and space and room for um, for the schools and individuals and local players. And that's why this flipped flipped learning or flipped system is a, is a nice metaphor for me because I, I think that here in Australia is the only way um, where we can where we can take the great Australian education, public education, to the next level. We have to we have to be able to flip the thinking uh, as well. The, the leadership for change and improvement of you know what the schools and uh, and children 
and teachers do it has to come from the grassroots level as well. This will be the other lesson from my, my guess uh, from the uh, from the pandemic is that that we uh, we probably in the future that we need need to learn to rely less on on policy driven uh, change and reforms and and learn to understand uh, and rely on the the change and initiatives that come from uh, from the grassroots, from the individual schools and teachers and principals and even even young people. Uh, that will be the important uh, change force in the future. The future sounds exciting, doesn't it? Wow, Fazi, I'm getting excited just listening. Sure does. What about part time? What about part time learning? Uh, yeah, that's some. That's a hard one uh, for me because. You know, my my mind has been shaped and educated in a way that, um, you know, learning happens, learning goes on all the time, and I've been I've been having a, a little kind of a friendly fight during this pandemic when uh, some some people have been writing or some people have been arguing that the, the students' learning will stop now when the schools are closed and uh, the systems uh, are disrupted, and I, I kind of try to argue and explain, you know, help people to, to understand that, you know, learning never uh, never stops. There's no such thing as part-time learning. Um, that, that, you know, if we think that that children's learning would some point because of, you know, for example, the, the teachers aren't teaching them anymore, then I think I think we have a very different view on uh, what, what the learning is all about. So for me, there's no such thing as part-time learning. Learning will go on all the time and um, I, th- I think the school for children should be just a different place to, uh, you know, explore their interests and and you know work with the with the learning experts there who who the teachers are who are able to, you know, facilitate their own uh, interests and um, exploration and experimentation in the school in a way that is different compared to what the learning is when they when the kids, for example, are with their peers or with their parents or by themselves. Uh, you know, I would argue that learning learning goes on all the time and it's, there's, there's no such thing as part-time or full-time. That's right. This this leads into the final one and a goodie, it's a goodie, Pazi. It's the word play and um, just your thoughts on play and playing and the importance of it. Wow, now you've got me. <laughs> <laughs> we should have started with this one. Yeah. yeah this is this is great. So don't expect me to say that uh, you know play is uh, play is something that you do when the real work or serious learning is done, and um, the kids should only only be learning <coughs> at home when they have done their homework, or that we should be playing when there's nothing else to do. I think you know for me play is a, is a really a a form of uh, human condition. Play is, play defines who we are and how we. How we relate to the world and uh, to to the to one another. Um, I, I can probably mention here that um, uh, somebody somebody who has been a great uh, friend and, uh, and and a fan and supporter of um, Edutech for many years uh, uh, was Sir Ken Robinson, who passed away a couple of months ago. And and Sir Ken was a close friend of mine, and I, I have. Um, uh, partly because of this, uh, I, I've lost somebody who was uh, so dear to me, and uh, that, and we all lost the, the the humanity. We lost somebody who has so strong advocate of play and creativity and and learning. To think uh, think more about this uh, this play issue, and I think, you know, I'm I'm going to spend. This is what I promised to uh, to myself when when Ken um, passed away. That uh, you know, as long as I 
um, I will be working. Uh, I, I always remember to uh, you know continue the work that he started uh, simply by trying to convince teachers and principals and children themselves, but particularly parents and grandparents, that the play is important thing. That it's one of the most important uh, things to do. And particularly now during the pandemic, uh, for me, play is, is probably the most effective and certainly the cheapest way to uh, positively influence uh, children's um, uh, mental uh, well-being and uh, social emotional aspects of their the personalities that have been often jeopardized and harmed by this uh, by this pandemic. There's nothing better uh, to, that we can give to our children than high quality, uh, free, unstructured play daily. Um, and that's something that the schools uh, should be doing much more than they do now here in Australia and everywhere else. So, so don't get me started. You know, play is the <laughs> play is the thing, and uh, and you know, you know, play is something that we should. Um, we should all take it very seriously. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like an oxymoron to take play seriously, but that's exactly what we need to do. And I really liked, I heard yesterday, Parsi, you, I listened to an older podcast of yours, I think from the Game Changer podcast about quantifying what that is for parents and teachers. And you talked about an hour in the school day at least, and then an hour after school. And I know that's not hard and fast and you would probably love a lot more as would I, but it, it's a nice kind of goal to get to, I suppose, just to think about it that simplistically. For me, it is as a parent and a teacher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, this one hour of uh, play time every day for children. Uh, and when I say children, I mean basically anybody who is uh, under 18, in, in like, like officially a child. Um, uh, you know, this is something that it's not my idea. It's not my recommendation. It's the, the med medical doctors who are now telling parents that, you know, if you want to do good things um, for your own children, if you want to make sure that they grow up healthy and happy and sleep well and eat well and physically uh, physically um, developed, give them at least one hour free play every day. And this is uh, this is something that comes from the doctors. But then this cool education side is is much more my own and, and my colleagues and and Ken Robinson's idea as well. That every day every school should make sure that children have just like like they do in Finland now at least one hour. A time for themselves for free unstructured playtime. I know we abide by that as well here in our office, Parsi, because, you know, we're the, we're the innovations division and we are surprised by when we just start to play, we have technology tools to play with. When we start to play with it, we come up with some great ideas as to how they could be used in the classroom or some alternative uses and everyone gets so excited and, and passionate, you know, about um, what we could do and what the potential could be. I think I think we need it for everybody, no matter how old they are. I wish we, we could have a bit of playtime there and I encourage all teachers to get out and play with tech too. Yeah, yeah. You know, this, this is what I often hear. I, I do a lot of work with the different schools here um, about this play thing. And mostly because they, they are kind of looking for uh, looking for new opportunities to to have more play in the school. And, you know, frequent questions, just last week I was in one of the schools here, um, uh, was that, you know, how do we get more, more play opportunities and time for teachers, for adults? And it's a great, it's a, it's a very important question. So we, we, we should not just think about kids who are, of course, the most important uh, important things when we think about having more, more play time. But it's, it's equally important that we adults play uh, either with the, uh, with the technology or, um, or something else. But this kind of a, having your mind 
minds tuned in a way that you know you are in a playful environment and uh, you can have fun and you can create new ideas and you can take risks and you can you can fail and um, you, even you you may look ridiculous at some points but that's all good it's going to be it's going to make you a better person and better teacher at the same time we will do our best ah, we, i do it all the time i, I know you I, I know you will <laughs> now, for that, example taking this interview is one of those <laughs> so what my question to you is you know teachers leave something like edutech and they've had two full days of great inspiration and i'm wondering if you can help um you know we've had thousands of new south wales teachers go to these sessions over the two days what would be your piece of advice or where they should begin once they're back in their classrooms? What's the one thing? I think I know what you're going to say and it might sound like play, but where, what would you think they should start with? No, you know, of course, many of these things that we have been uh, talking about earlier um, in this conversation, but, you know, my advice for teachers, and I say this because I, I've, I've visited so many schools and I, I've met thousands of teachers here, is that, you know, basically, you know, keep the course, don't, don't stop now and say that what should I do next? Because uh, you know most of the most of the teachers and most of the schools here have done really great things, um, and and you know this has happened uh, happened before the pandemic, but but now particularly during the pandemic. So keep the course and uh, you know stick to your colleagues and one another in your school, and do what you think is the best thing for um, for your children um, and for the community. Um, to do, that's that's by far the the best thing to uh, to give as an advice. You know, if uh, if there's anybody there who thinks that you know all the things I've done before is wrong, or we have to we have to design a kind of a completely new new idea of what we do, that's um, uh, that's just gonna ex uh, it's gonna be exhausting for you and uh, and and for for the school. So so that's the. Um, you know that's my my really my advice. The other one is that we we are now heading towards the uh, well-deserved uh, summer break here. We all, including myself, we all need a break. We, we all need to kind of uh, charge our batteries. And uh, so my advice is that when you know when the uh, when the date in December comes, when when you are uh, when when you're heading towards the the well-deserved break, do something completely diff different. Take your your surfboard and go surfing or take your bicycle and or take your your family or loved ones and kids and do something completely different for a month um that that's that's going to be the best thing for for the new school year that it's not going to be um it's not going to be much easier than this one because there will be a lot of unknown and uh, and things that we haven't been prepared uh, for so so the best thing to do is to recharge stay connected uh, you know don't um don't exercise social distancing. Exercise the physical distancing whenever it's necessary, but stay socially connected to all the people around you. That's extremely important uh, now. I know that you know many people. They kind of and teachers are one of those who are kind of able to, uh, you know, they, they they're like a, like a little human machines that they keep on going uh, until the very necessary end date. But then when the when the break comes, uh, many people. Uh, just suffer from the fact that they're too exhausted and too tired and oh, given, given everything. So take my word, <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> take it easy, relax and, uh, and 
we can get back to the uh, serious business in early February. Good advice, absolutely. And I, I love that 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 term. You know, say don't say socially distance, but stay physically distance. Sounds really important. To, important one to remember. But Pazi, look, we know it's been a long day for you. You know, must be exhausted after a whole day at Edutech. But before you go, you have to play our game. It's called Rocket Ship Robots, and we do this with every one of our special guests. And it's what's that one piece of technology that you would take with you on a ride to outer space what would it be <laughs> uh yeah i hope that the uh the rocket ship is equipped with all the all the necessary technology to bring me back <laughs> to Earth safely so if That's i don't great. need to think about those things i would def- i would definitely i would definitely leave my smartphone here uh, on my desk but i w- what i would take with me um to a journey like this, I would take my um, my high-end hi-fi system with the suitcase full of CDs and a good headset to, um, you know, play beautiful music. Maybe some Australian music. Um, I'm really waiting for the, um, to get hold on to the Midnight Oil's new uh, new. Actions. I would probably take that one with me and a good headset and just play beautiful music there and watch the through the window the planet Earth spinning and I think you've got oh it right, Parsi. I think you've got it right. It's it's really interesting to hear what everyone says and so many people go old school and I think yours has to have been the best we've had so far. And it's okay. quite it's quite funny actually because we've we've modeled this off something Linda found called Desert Island Discs, which is all about uh, which CD you take with you to a desert island. So you've perfectly done it. It's gone straight back to Desert Island Discs. Excellent. So oh and Parsi, look, we just want to let you know, did you know already that every New South Wales public school has access to 10 free tickets to the Edutech Virtual Conference? Yes, I do. I, I know that, yeah. Ah, oh, fantastic. So absolutely. Do you think they should be all considering signing up? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because remember, it's all available on demand. You haven't missed it, people. It is still available on demand throughout Term 4 and Staff Development Days next year. Parsi, we want to thank you so much. We are so lucky. We are so honoured. And we want to make sure that every one of our guests goes back on demand, tunes into Australia in light of international education numbers. And you've really, you've warmed our hearts, I can tell you today, inspired us and inspired every one of our listeners. Thank you for all the work that you do. Um, on our behalf. Um, It's been a real and true pleasure and honour to have you on today. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And let's hope, folks, that next next time we will meet in person somewhere in the nice convention centre. And um, I'll take you to a, uh, a pub and we, we can have a pint and talk more. Oh, oh sounds great. Absolutely. <laughs> indeed, thank indeed, you, you're on. Thank you. Thanks, Pazzi. No worries. Thanks. Bye. No, don't tune out. We still have one more little gem to share. We have to give you your homework. Yes, whilst we have let every other formality go, homework in the virtual staff room is omnipresent. But don't worry, it's not a laborious task. We want you to spread the word and share the inspiration. Maybe it's encouragement to sign up to Edutech because all sessions are going to be available on demand. They are, and you might want to share this podcast out. Uh, Please tell your buddies, tell your colleagues, tell your principal. And you might want to share something that you learned with, again, your teachers in your school or other schools. Absolutely. Or my favourite, maybe you're just going to go and play with something. Play with some ed tech, play with something else, or maybe let your students play. 
be a change maker in your community. Yvette and Linda, wow, how are you feeling? I feel extremely inspired, ready to tackle the world, just where to start. Go back to Parsi and listen to what he said again. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen to all those sessions again. What do you think? How about you, Linda? Absolutely same. So much to take on after that. Absolutely. It's been an amazing edutech experience. It has been different, but it's been no less amazing. I can tell you my legs are nowhere near as sore as they usually are after edutech, so it's feeling good. Yes, indeed. (laughs) There are upsides to virtual PL, but we are harping on. But don't forget, there is still time to sign up to the edutech virtual conference. You can get most of the sessions available on demand. Don't forget, every New South Wales public school has access to 10 free tickets. So sign up, no excuses. Just a little note, please be aware that all views expressed by the podcast presenters, that's us, are our personal opinions and not representative of the New South Wales Department of Education. Discussions aren't endorsements of third-party products, services or events. And please note that as much as we sound like it, we are not experts in legalese, tech speak or anything in between. We're just passionate people keen to boost technology for learning in the classroom and to help build the skills in your students and for you to solve the problems of tomorrow. Do your due diligence, read further, and if we've got something wrong, let us know. We too are always learning and always improving. This podcast has been produced by the masterful Jacob Juice with the assistance and supreme coordination of all the members of the awesome T4L team. Now, next time we return to our normal programming. So please press subscribe so you get the next edition straight to your inbox. I can tell you we have a ripper in store. So make sure you send us through your comments, your questions and your thoughts for new guests and segments. We're on a real mission to shake up our podcast for 2021 to meet your needs. And if you like the podcast, don't forget us to give us a rating and more educators will be able to find us and be inspired to get a little bit techie in their classroom. Stay compassionate, everyone, and thanks for joining us.